Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido, along with Scoot. Yo. And Johnson. On to the next one. On to the next one. Yep. West Virginia loses this weekend to Oklahoma State 27 to 13. And boys, it was ugly, in my opinion. It was not pretty. It was a lot of uh, mental mistakes, a lot of a lot of penalties. Like, I think if you clean up a lot of those penalties, things may be, and they, they happened at the worst times. Things may be a lot closer, especially in the first half. Well, I think it I think it was a mixed bag, Guido, to be honest with you. I think it was a, a grab bag, if you will. I think it was good and bad. Um I think there was a there was good for us to talk about and we'll run down here our notes, but um but I think yeah, I think the bad I think the bad took away the the really bad took away from some of the good stuff that we did. Well and I think we'll just jump into it because like here's my here's my hot take. Hot take right off the bat with it, which was defense didn't look terrible and offense offensive line looked terrible. I, I don't, I know like I watched coaches post game press conference. He's like, I'm not ready to say, you know, he was really wishy-washy on the O line and his opinion on it. The The problem two So two problems is one is, is the O line didn't really do great in a lot of situations uh, and Daggy was under duress a lot, but we also, I mean, you know, from a running standpoint, it's, this is a very tough game to look at for statistics, Johnson, because Letty Brown had a really good game. Yeah, he did. 107 yards rushing, um, you know, on 26 carries. And we've well documented the lack of 100-yard rushers, so he he had success again this game. He did have success again this game. Unfortunately, Jarrett Daigie uh, killed the net on that because he got sacked for negative 36 yards on five sacks, and that is really what set back the rushing game. And there was also this problem, and Scoot, maybe you could talk about it too. There's also this problem with Daigie where I don't know. Uh, he spent a lot of time like trying to make decisions after the ball was snapped. I thought. Yeah, and I... I felt like, if, to me, it almost felt like the offensive line was so focused on getting better at the run game that they were like, well, we can only do one thing at a time. So we can only work on the run game and do good there. But the pass protection, ah, we're going to let the guy fling the ball and he will never see where the ball goes because he's on his back. Well, it may be. We may find out as the season goes on that this is a really talented defensive front from Oklahoma State. I don't know that yet. I think def- I think defensively they're they're not bad, but I think that's that's why I say a mixed bag because if you take so let's take the offensive line. If you just showed me the running plays and and look, Letty Brown's running hard on some plays. It was just all Letty Brown. Let let's be honest. But from a running standpoint, I'm okay with the offensive line. From a passing standpoint, I spent four quarters just hoping uh, Jarrett Daigie could finish the game. Um, the person I was watching it with said, "Man, I hope he's got like a flak jacket on under that jersey because he was taking hits." To his credit, getting back up, um, but there's there's no way there can be that many shots on the quarterback and guido a lot of the penalties during the game were attributed not only to the offense but to the line um to the line during the game i don't remember the tally but we had quite a few penalties just false starts uh illegal formations things like that so it 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 was a bad look from that standpoint well and and i think when you i started reading uh you know the next day some of the twitter comments and some of the uh, you know, those West Virginia websites, there's West Virginia sports news websites out there. And they're all like, oh, the defense this. And, you know, don't you wish X, Y, Z with the defense? It, and I actually didn't think the defense looked that bad. When you look at this game and and you take away the touch, the, the scoop and score touchdown, you take away that, you take away the bad offensive play calling at the end of the first half and the points that were gained from that, the defense held that team to under 20 points. And that's a good Oklahoma State offense. And granted, you know, they relied heavily on their run game. I mean, L.D. Brown looked phenomenal. I mean, Chuba Chuba Hubbard and L.D. Brown combined 
for over 200 yards on 33 carries. You know, so that's like you weren't going to stop that running game. And Shane Illingsworth being a true freshman quarterback, they didn't really. He was 15 for 21 for 139 yards. So they didn't really rely on the passing game much. But I thought the defense looked solid considering what they were up against for, for you know, rushing. Yeah, and I think Chris Anderson over at 247, he pointed out that they only got into the, the red zone one time all game. That was that very last scoring play that uh, Chuba broke free for. So I think I, I totally agree with you. I, I didn't have a lot of problem with the defense. Now, the first comment I made in our notes, Guido, I put, are we going to get any pressure on this quarterback? Question mark. That might be the only thing I would pick at. I mean, we had Vandarius um, got in for a sack. I think that's the only sack we recorded. I don't really remember feeling like we were making that freshman quarterback very uncomfortable. He seemed like he had plenty of time to drop back and survey the field. But overall, I agree with you. It's hard to knock the defense because, look, OSU's got a lot of skill players. And for the most part, we kept everybody in check. And I I tweeted that out too, um, something similar to what you said. If you take away the scoop and score, (laughs) and J.M. Kreitz called me out on it too because he was like, yeah, well, that's that's why we get so angry because it's like, well, coulda, woulda, shoulda. And after I tweeted that, I was like, yeah, I I hate that too. But I I can't get over that feeling that – it was like every bounce went Oklahoma State's way. Even on the scoop and score, um, things like that, they just made it look easy. The ball just seemed to bounce their way. So, uh, you know, for me, it wasn't a defensive issue as much as offensive execution. And from a stats perspective, we did move the ball. We just couldn't cash in on any of those trips. On offense, for me, a couple things stand out. Letty Brown obviously ran well. Uh, Alex Sinkfield did not run well. Sam James was again somewhat of a ghost i mean he had five catches for 32 yards but that's not i mean that's not uh propelling what we thought would maybe be maybe a breakout season for him to put him in that upper echelon of receivers in in uh at the very least in the big 12 maybe in in west virginia's school history which is tough to do yeah i think winston wright you know really jumped out this game uh you know four catches 103 yards with a 70, you know, yard touchdown or 70 yard. Play. Well, and Guido, just to kind of tack onto what Scoot was saying, it, it, I was surprised too, that Sam James didn't play a bigger role because if you look at that box score, Deggy spread it around to a lot of receivers. We had a lot of receivers catching balls this game, um, but he seemed pretty quiet. Yeah. Well, and everybody made big news, you know, Reese Smith was listed on the number ones this week and then he only catches, you know, one pass uh, in the game. And I just think that's, Again, coach trying to make everybody fight for a position. I think the one that's really surprising me, I mean, obviously Sam James, he's being targeted a lot, but it's not turning into a lot of yards after catch for him. Uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton is is not really taking off as much as we thought he would, especially this Saturday. Just couldn't get open. One catch, 13 yards. It, it'll be interesting. I, I think the pieces and the parts are there. I'm just not sure. Uh, this is – and I don't want to get on what we got, what would happen last year where we got on the whole anti-quarterback issue. But, you know, I think there were a lot of things that Jared Daigie uh, looked lost on. You know, there were a lot of times where I was like, man, that's a lot of time to make a decision. You know, you got four receivers, one, two, three, four, throw it out of bounds. You well, know, to I, your comment for Ford Wheaton, now we, we might be saying something a little bit different had they connected – early in the second half on that one over the top play that just was a little bit overthrown for him. Um, I, you know, I think, I think otherwise I would have liked to have seen him get, be able to get some separation. We know he's got speed. I felt like he couldn't get open a lot during the game and that might be a testament to Oklahoma state's defense. Um, but I also think, you know, look, scoot, always <laughs> credits Austin Kendall as being a little bit floats my goats. I think if we're going to be fair, then we have to mention that, you know, I, I really thought Jared Deggie's long ball just, you know, I was commenting to you during the game, Guido, can we just not, can we just not throw the long pass? Can we just keep it short to medium? Cause it just looks bad. I mean, balls are just hanging up there, receivers waiting on stuff. And I thought, you know, maybe there was something going on. Maybe there was some wind at play. I mean, I don't know if, if I'm Jared Deggie, it's probably hard to step into a throw when you feel like you're going to get creamed every time you drop back. There's probably a lot more to it, a lot more nuance, but I didn't think the long throws looked good at all. And 
that's a little bit weird to me because I don't remember thinking that late last season about Jared Dagey. So, you know, maybe that was just something for that game, but that could have looked a lot better. Do you think Austin Kendall is sitting back thinking not as easy as maybe the last couple of games of the season looked? Yeah, well, I mean, it does it does make you wonder that, doesn't it? Because I, I think I think maybe the end of the season we we got a lot of confidence, and I'm not saying I don't have confidence in him, but uh, you know, a lot of that stuff Saturday didn't look didn't look very polished. Well, and I think when you when you look at coach's post game press conference and you know, kind of his take on it. Which is obviously a coach's take. It was a lot of coach speak, you know. We we there we weren't good enough today. But I think he kept coming back to the one thing where he just felt like, and he said this uh, going into halftime on on the MSM on the on the radio broadcast, and he said it again at the end, very undisciplined. That the team in general yeah. was very undisciplined. Right. And you kind of saw that in the gameplay. You kind of saw that with you know, the way that decisions were being made on the field, I, I kind of get, and, and then I think for him, it was, it was, you know, a lot of it was, and he said the same thing, which giving up 10 points on, you know, basically the offense gave up 10 of those points, you know? So then all of a sudden you got a team that only has 27 points. You take those points back. So it's, yeah. And I think the penalties too, that that's what I had on my mind when I heard him make, make those comments or just, there was a lot, it, it felt like a lot of shooting yourself in the foot on offense during the game. You know, it wasn't so much from the defensive side, but but from the but from the offensive side, it was like, you know, you put yourself in a position to do something and then you shoot yourself in the foot with a procedure call or an offsides. And right. before we leave that Deggy conversation to Guido, one one other thing that popped up where I was watching and then I responded to someone on Twitter, too, who tweeted about it. I saw some comments out there. I don't understand. And, I, you know, again, I'm not going to make a living trying to second guess uh coach brown or or jared parker but i don't understand why late into the fourth quarter if you're never gonna keep it if i'm jared daggy on that zone read then why am i doing that because keeping it zero times oklahoma state was more than happy to pay it zero attention they never (laughs) followed him into the flat and look you know he's already getting blasted enough during the game and i know he's not going to be pat white maybe you don't want him running but if you if you're never gonna have him keep it why why is that the repertoire so it it kind of looked weird when you'd see him you know because to his credit he would go ahead and play the play out and you know act like he's hiding it on his hip and everything but no one ever paid him any attention i mean and and when you look and i'm a uh, you know me i love to look at the stats i'm a box score guy you know, that's that's my baseball background, and I, I do the same thing with football. And when you sit here and you look at the stats, you look at the statistics from the game. And you well, read you the get box, even more frustrated, You get even you? more frustrated. I mean, we own time of possession. Yeah. We, had, we, we, we had the ball more. And on, honestly, all things considered, if I if you told me, hey, Daggy was 20 for 37 for two for 285, you'd be like, well, that's not bad. Yeah, I'm no happy picks. with that. Yeah. No, yeah. No picks, no interceptions, a 70 long touch, 70 yard long touch. Yeah. And then Letty Brown, you know, had gained over a hundred yards to me. And Scoot even said it the other day, when we're talking about positives and what we think is successful, if I can look down and see another hundred yard rusher, I'm going to feel good about that. There was a lot. So that's what I said, you know, at top of the show, when you said, um, you know, things looked ugly to me, it's a mixed bag. It just makes it so frustrating. It felt like this game was in the grasp and we found ways to let it, to let it become a loss. The one thing we haven't talked about and we'll go, well, we'll talk about defense, which was also good. But the one thing we really haven't talked about guys, special teams. Uh, yeah, well, I'll give you the positive on special team first, which was, uh, well, this is not necessarily a positive, but Tyler Sumter, six punts, an average of 40 average of 39, eight. Uh, with a 42 within the 20. So uh, those were that was those are positives. That's pretty decent on the punting end of things. Um the kicking game though on the other hand. Yeah, uh, and you know it's bad when so or you know what was that Guido second quarter we line up for the to try to get uh, a field goal, we get the botch snap. Um yeah. and then you know the kind of comedy of errors ensues. Thankfully, you know, we we jumped on it and it just became a dead play. But the person I was watching it with said, "Well, maybe that's better. He may he may have missed the field goal anyway, or something." You know, it was kind of like one of those comments. And I thought, man, that stinks. That that's kind of where my head is about special teams right now, too. 
I hate to say this, but I feel like as a football fan, I want to come out of a game and I want to be like, oh, I didn't even know special teams played. Like, I, I don't want to even have, <laughs> yeah, you, like, right. you know what I mean? I'd rather like, not think about it at all than. Yeah. I don't want it to be a part of my like vernacular the next day when I'm thinking about the game. And and every week, even the weeks, even when we won the EKU game, it's been p- part of what we've had. To well, and about. look in their defense, I mean, what did we did we did convert what three field goals? I mean, we're we're mad because we didn't convert field goals into touchdowns. So you can't hammer right. them too hard because they were converting field go- field goals. So and that's good. But I think when you when you kind of just look at everything in in a in a package, that's another one of those things that just felt not very polished on Saturday. So, Scoot, we've talked a lot about the defense or the offense in special teams and our issues with them. Defense, on the other hand, stepped it back up this week. The Stills brothers, I, I felt like this was a very good game for them. Darius was back. Yeah, Darius was back. Darius, Darius definitely stepped back into it. I know he he was disappointed, uh, admittedly so, in uh, the Eastern Kentucky game. Uh, this week, though, I thought he he kind of stepped out of his shell again there, and he he started to to be the defensive line powerhouse that uh, we've known him to be. Well, and, I, and and I think what's interesting about it is is now you're starting to see, at least this week, Darius and Dante similar similar statistics. You know, both three tackles, two tackles, or you know, each each had a tackle for a loss. So I'm just, you know, again, you, you start playing out this whole situation of them in their senior or Darius in his senior year, Dante in his junior year, and the way that they're playing as a team. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of the year with them and the NFL. And do they go together? Does Darius hang on for one more year and then they go again next year? It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Van Darius Cowan uh, is, is going to be the real deal, I think. Um, he looked really good this weekend. Uh, that's he has been in his own right playing some really good football. So when he left, I was thinking, "Oh man, please don't let him be hurt." But um, so from the defensive line standpoint, I, w- I was pretty, I was pretty happy. And then Tony Fields' interception, you know, that made. I mean, I know he's he's got a lot of playing time behind him and has done a lot of stuff. But that was a great looking yeah. interception. Twenty two yards coming back on. Yeah, him. it was uh, a, a real nice play. And then Alonzo Adai. Second, you know, I thought I was a little nervous thinking that Alonzo Adai's EKU game was going to be an anomaly because EKU was like, you know, playing a junior high, sure, you know, Pop Warner esque team. Um, but he again had six tackles, um, and three assists and one tackle for a loss. So those are all all good things. Yeah, and so that's why I'm trying to be positive, Scoot. I mean, I don't know how you're feeling after this, but. I know the score is 27-13, and I know I'm being one of those guys that's like, well, there's a scoop and score in there. There's a late kind of garbage touchdown that we that we let get away. But overall, we're probably playing a team with the best skill positions in the conference. And I, to, so to me, I I liked what the defense brought. I would have I would have just wanted the offense to execute a whole lot better. Um, but I'm trying to be positive. Okay, so I'll be the guy that's. That's not so positive because that's I'll be that guy. Um, you've got to be thinking, okay, freshman quarterback, we've got to be licking our chops. We've got right. th- the best defensive lineman, maybe in, at least the conference, maybe the country. Like he's talked about like that. So you're thinking, man, we are going to tear this new kid to shreds. Yeah, we've got the advantage here. Sure. And while we didn't do horribly we certainly didn't do that if anything i think we've helped the 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 freshman quarterback from oklahoma state kind of build some confidence for himself so that for the next four years he'll play us thinking oh i can crush wvu because i beat him my freshman year and i wasn't all that good then yeah well we didn't really make him feel uncomfortable no but i think a part of that might have been the game plan because i think we knew what we were up against with a freshman quarterback in there and Chuba Hubbard and LD Brown. Well, and am I, so I was going to make the same comments, Scoot. Is that being naive? Because my thought, I, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. You can't, maybe you can't pin your ears back as much when you're trying to keep Hubbard and, and Brown in check. Right. And LD Brown, man, I mean, that run he had. Yeah, he's I mean, a he bolt is, of lightning he, in his own He run. is fast. He is he is fast. That 66-yard run, I was like, "Ooh, yeah." He was gone. Do you think do you think he is Did you say think? I th- <laughs> think. I said did you think? think. No, I said think. 
do you think his sounded like Fink, but it was really a think. Do you think he is kind of like um, you say, Leddy, but you say LD, LD, Leddy? It's like uh, you saying Leddy with a weird accent talk. <laughs> Leddy, LD, Brown? Maybe. I, I'm going to tell you what the problem with the game was. I've, I've done some real scientific research on this. Okay, let's have it. The, prob- the problem with the game was is they put it back on ABC because the moment that Trump came on and the game- What was that all Trump about? Trump came on TV. The game goes to ESPN News. Immediately they score. And immediately Winston Wright scores that touchdown. And we don't get to witness the only touchdown of the entire I was game. I was on it. My, my, my thumb was on the remote. I was ready. I was at an ESPN Newsless location, so I didn't get to see that. I was very angry about that. Did you throw anything? I did not. I felt like it. So annoying. They, that was. It was very annoying. It was. It was crazy that they. Were you the host of this watch party, or were you at? at I was not. House? I was a guest. I was a guest. So I was not raising. So did you yell at them? Did you slander them? Did you say what's <laughs> wrong with you people? <laughs> Why don't you? This have is how this... you treat your guests. You call this a cable subscription? No, yeah, I, you... I didn't do that. I didn't do that. You know what else was annoying? I told Guido this during the game. I was thinking. If I had to be around people, number one, in blaze orange, number two, banging fraternity orientation paddles on gym mats for three hours plus, I would lose my crap. And can you Uh, imagine how loud that was without a full stadium of crowd noise? I would never attend a game. Oh, it had to be horrible. It's such a weird tradition. And I hate the name cowpokes. Like, I just hate it. And while we're at it, let's talk about a cowboy hat. How realistic is that <laughs> in 2020? Like, how realistic is it to wear a cowboy hat in 2020? Well, I, if you're an authentic cowboy, I, I guess it still has utility, I mean, right? Do you need that nowadays? I mean, Garth Brooks wears, he's from Stillwater, and Garth Brooks wears a ball cap now. Everybody. I mean, couldn't you just wear a baseball hat and be a cowboy? <laughs> what about, uh, what about like a boonie hat? Could you wear a boonie hat and be a cowboy? Or a bucket know. hat? I mean, you don't, you don't think any uh, any cowboys are out there dressed like LL Cool J's? The Kangol? Would you think any less of a cowboy that wore a bucket hat? <laughs> I don't think I so. Not, I, mean, I mean, it's doing it's the, serving the purpose, right? To keep the sun out of your eyes and off the back right. of your neck, right? I mean, Nick Saban wears those big uh, those big those big hats, right? Yeah, like a like a straw hat. Yeah. Kind of like a Bobby Bowden. Yeah, right. Could you wear a Bobby Bowden? I think you can only get away with that if you're as if you're as old as Bobby though. I think like when you get to a certain age, I think that's on the table that you can wear one of those. Uh, if you're if you're a young guy, I feel like you can't pull that off. So West Virginia, tough time this weekend. Uh loses 27 to 13 and uh so we move on. We host Baylor. Uh, next or this coming Saturday, the third, another ABC game, by the way, on ABC again. Um, but that's a noon. It's a noon kickoff. And, um, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Baylor did well this weekend. They were the only team in the Big 12 that didn't uh, almost poop their pants. Uh, Baylor beat Kansas 47 to 14. Well, but yeah, they had the uh, opportunity to play Kansas Saturday. Yeah, that's their off week. Elsewhere in the Big 12, though, it got kind of crazy. I actually watched almost all of that Oklahoma uh, K State game. Yeah, I did. And too. Oklahoma just cannot beat K State. No. Well, and they couldn't get away from them. When I, when I originally left that game, they were up quite a bit. I mean, I think they were up three touchdowns. But K State, in typical K State fashion, I feel like that's always a a K a K State trademark. I mean, they're just going to keep grinding. Um, they got back in the game, took the lead, and then and then closed it out. I mean, it was at Norman. It was pretty impressive. Skylar Thompson, K State's quarterback, uh, Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Week after that game. I mean, he be- he beat the number three team in the nation, but they beat him last year. They beat him last year, and Oklahoma was ranked fifth, I think, at the time. So, you know, and then uh, and then you look at Iowa State TCU. That was a shootout. TCU lost it. Uh, Iowa State one thirty seven to thirty four. Well, and then hopefully you saw the last, what, three minutes of Texas Tech, Texas, and then into overtime, because that was insane. Um, I don't know how people are Texas Tech fans after that. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. That was a crazy turn of events to go up 
I think you were up 15 with just around three minutes to go in the game and you lose in overtime. That's uh, that's rough. You give up 18 points in the last or whatever, you know, you give up. Yeah, so they um, they that was an interesting game. Texas ended up winning. Texas ranked eighth in the nation right now, ended up winning 63 to 56 in overtime. So it'll be an inner. It's interesting. But I think the bigger picture of all of this is Johnson is. The Big 12 was back to being the dumpster fire that it usually is and pretty much have, has already made ourselves no chance of getting a team in the BCS playoffs. Yeah, I that's the bad thing is I think with Oklahoma losing as what a four touchdown favorite to Kansas State, that pretty much shoots any hopes they had. I, I think they dropped in the latest poll to 18. Now, Texas moving up to eight had me scratching my head, you know, in the other direction. So I don't know that there's anyone in the conference I would I would hang my hat on as being able to participate for the final four that that's just my opinion skewed I, I don't know where you're coming in but I, right now no one impresses me I'm sure Oklahoma is still the team to beat but they're gonna have a hard they're gonna have a hard time I think coming back from that kind of loss that they they had no business losing that game well I think I mean you got to think that Oklahoma State's going to be the the front runner right now I don't I don't know I mean, they'll have to play, obviously, Oklahoma and, and Baylor, and, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but right now they're sitting pretty good. Yeah, I think for them my only question is this quarterback situation. Um, they've certainly got the skill positions to do it, so I guess we'll see. You're right. So all of you all of you people that like to gamble on West Virginia, here's, our, here's your chance. So the over-under for the Baylor game uh, for total points, the over-under for Saturday is 55 points combined. Uh, I'm taking the over on that. I mean, even though West Virginia offense looked bad, they got to come back next week and play and uh, score some points. So, I, I, and, and historically, these Baylor games tend to, uh, for us, tend to have a lot of points scored uh, when we play Baylor. So, w- with that said, do you guys think Baylor wins or West Virginia wins this coming weekend? Skid, I'll let you go first. I'm going to say Baylor. Baylor wins. And that's it. That's it. That's all you that's got. It. That's it's it. Just a win. That just a definitive statement. I think that Chip and Joanna have a nice uh, uh, watch <laughs> some, party for it. Putting some shiplap up right now. I think Baylor wins. I think uh, they'll be sitting at uh, Magnolia Farmhouse or whatever they call their house. Something with a magnolia, which is they're a little over the top with this magnolia stuff. If you really want to know the truth of it, but uh, I think Chip and Joanna and. Uh, and the Baylor Bears win. Johnson, where are you at in this game? Well, Guido, my right now, um, you know, pretty much a week still to go to this game and fresh off this thing with Oklahoma State. I think where my mind is right now is I think that overall numbers low that you're talking about because I think people feel like our defense can can help keep Baylor in check and keep them off the scoreboard at least, you know, keep it from being a blowout. I think the question is, can our offense actually convert touchdowns? And after watching four quarters in Stillwater, I was really disappointed. And I'm wondering, you know, what do you do now heading in, heading into the Baylor game? Can you convert more of those things? I, you know, I, I think it's another, I I almost feel like I do coming into the Oklahoma state game. I thought it would be like a 24-21, something like that, a close loss. And I think that's where my mind is right now because I'm not confident. So, so you're like you're like R. Kelly. Your mind's telling you no, but your body, your body, <laughs> body is telling you yes. Yeah. yeah so this is your right. R. Kelly pick of the week? I don't see nothing wrong with this uh, pick. Excuse okay. me. So Vegas Vegas has West Virginia as a three-point underdog right now as, it, as we uh, record. Oh, well, I'm with Vegas then. Week. Um, Vegas has us as an underdog. I think that this is going to be a tr- little bit of a trap game for Baylor. I think we looked bad in Stillwater. I think Baylor is uh, going to say, hey, this this Mountaineer team is just like the 2019 Mountaineer team, and they're going to come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think West Virginia definitely covers and wins by a touchdown by seven points. That's, All that's, right. that's where I'm at on it. I mean, that's what I want to see. Uh, other West Virginia uh, football news, two things. One is, if you want to go to a game, October 17th is going to be your chance. You will have the opportunity. Yeah. Fans back in the stands, um, I guess they announced this week, or they announced like today, I think. I think that just came out today, yeah. Yeah, that they're going to allow 25% in uh, into the stands, 
Um, obviously, it's season ticket holders uh, get first dibs on everything. Well, Guido, I think given the conversation around how everyone else in the conference is allowing at least some fans in, I mean, we saw it there Saturday against Oklahoma State. Um, and even in state, we've been talking about how Marshall's had folks showing up to their games. I think it was harder and harder for WVU to say, "Well, Big Jim, yeah, we can't, we can't do something." So I'm, I'm happy to see it. Big Jim has moved some colors around so that it looks like uh, if WVU didn't have fans in the stands, people were going to go crying crazy. Because, uh, is that what it is? Yeah, because for the longest Mon County time, colors, Mon County was red. Now they are green, and if you are green and you don't have, you're letting high school kids play, but you're not going to let college fans go see again. You know, it's just gotcha. Wouldn't sit well. One thing that did come out of that article was that it, it's pretty much now from from that game on, they're going to cap attendance at fifteen thousand fans for the remainder of the season. So oh, okay. That's kind of where you're. We're going to be stuck. I mean, they'll look at options. And steps to increase fan safety, but other than that, it's probably going to be fifteen thousand people. In Perhaps the they will not uh, give you change in dollar coins. Uh, yeah, yeah, I doubt. and hey, look, no, uh, no lines at the bathroom, right? No, no lines at the bathroom uh, apparently. So it's a good thing uh, they got rid of all those troughs. Are they are they still troughs? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. Think they got, I think I think they got rid of. Them. Why? What do you? Why are you anti? You pee troughs? Well, I'm just why, saying maybe which... troughs aren't the most sanitary thing. I really don't know. I'm not. I've not done any studies on troughs versus urinals. What do you do? What are you doing in these troughs, Scoot? That they're not sanitary. I wanna... <laughs> some people. Yeah, I mean, I feel. I feel like. I think some people might cross the streams. I don't know what's going on in there. Are you... I mean, I feel like you lob a grenade out there like that. You're gonna have to back it up. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know that they're all that sanitary. I'm not really sure what you're doing in those troughs. Other news: um, four-star running back recruit Justin Johnson. Uh, releases a video on the Twitter uh, committing to WVU. And uh, what did you think of it, Johnson? It was pretty Yeah, pretty cool. I'll link to it. You can find it in our show notes when we post this uh, this week. But it was pretty cool. It was really well done. And then at the end, you hear Country Roads uh, chime in, and it's uh, it's really well done. It looks cool. So that's, that's cool. Um, and one quick basketball note, and then we'll go to break. Uh, Andy Katz. Came out. We like Andy Katz, by the way. I'm a fan. I'm an Andy Katz fan. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm pro Andy Katz. Andy Katz came out with his preseason rankings and has WVU ranked 23rd in college basketball. And I actually think that's probably right. That's probably right where it needs to be. Yeah, I'm fine with that, Scoot. I, I like it when we're not too big for our britches. Can I say that? Early on. And and then we'll we keep them right where we want them and then, and then come on strong. Here's the issue. If you want to be ranked at the end of the year, you almost have to start out in the top 25 because it takes like an act of Congress to crack the top 25. I mean, you remember us last year, what were we, like 11-1 and one and we still couldn't sniff the top 25? And I'm like, what do we got to do to even get in there? So now that you're starting in the top 25, it makes it a little bit easier for you to move up, I think. I don't know why that is, but I think in people's minds, they're like, well, that's a good team. They... They should be higher than what we thought they were. Whereas when you're outside it, people are like, well, we need to see a little bit more before we put you in there. Well, I think the, the good things that come out of this are, I think that you're exactly right, Scoot. I think being in the top 25 automatically helps you stay in the top 25. Right. Like, you lose that one random game, you're still going to remain in the top you know, in the top 25. Well, and Guido, what about that John Rothstein tweet that he put out the other day? Um, he's saying that people are saying Miles McBride has emerged as their top overall player i thought that was interesting i don't know if you saw that or not yeah i did see that and that's that's interesting and and you know it'll be kind of interesting to see like is this you've got deuce and oscar this year is that gonna be one of the biggest two-player combos that we've ever seen in wvu basketball well it had me thinking more you know i think right now everyone assumes um Culver and Oscar but I think to me that gets me excited that other pieces are coming together and it could be you know we've already talked about the expectations for the season and that just makes me more excited when I read something like that and I've got one other strange note about basketball did any of you see the final forecasts tweets throughout the week where they were uh making Bob Huggins look bald (laughs) yes bald it's very creepy yes very creepy uh 
an interesting look. Maybe it would be something he'd entertain. So you don't think he could pull it off is what you're saying? I, I mean, I think he could. Maybe. Maybe he could. All right. Well, listen. WVU loses. We uh, Basketball season is not that far off. About two months. We'll get there. And uh, we still don't really have any schedule updates on that. And uh, we'll uh, we play next week against Baylor. It's on ABC at noon. But let's take a break real quick. We'll come back with everybody's favorite game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. This is Darius Stills you're listening to. You got your ears on all right, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, you can find us on the social medias. It's at Got Your Ears on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. There's quite a lot of funny stuff there we post and retweet, so check it out. Guys, it's time for everybody's favorite game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. Whew, it's a mouthful. It's time for Bluff the Fluff, yeah. boys. We excited? Oh, yeah. All right. This is my week. It better be your week. You were in rough shape. Johnson won. Or no, I'm on a heater. Yeah, Johnson won last week uh, with Big 12, uh, WVU Big 12 history, uh, Scoot. So Johnson is up 10 games to six. You know, you close the gap, and now he's spread the gap again. So you got to get. It's a two-possession game, Scoot. You got to do yeah. something here. You got to do something. I'll Scoot. get you this week, Johnson. All right, so this week, guys, we got a great one for you. Not sports-related, Scoot. Oh, so yeah. That automatically gives you the edge. Oh, oh no. yeah. Oh, no. This is bad news <laughs> for me. Last week, my favorite season of the year started, the season of fall. So this week, we're doing nothing but trivia questions that are about the fall. Okay. 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 All right? Yeah, I'm good with are that. You, are you ready? Yeah. All right. As always, we have a complete and total random flip of the coin before we start. And this week, Johnson came out yes. on top and gets oh to go God. first. Yes. <laughs> All right, Johnson, this first question is to you. Remember, correct answers are worth five points. Steals are worth ten. All right, fall. I'm thinking in terms of autumn. 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 The lovely leaves are changing colors. The temperatures are dropping. Sweaters. Getting you get in the to wear zone. Some Scoot. tech vests. You know, it's nice. So you're thinking about autumn, Johnson? Pumpkin spice. Okay. Yes, pumpkin spice. Very nice. Johnson, what state has the world's largest corn maze? Is it mm. Nebraska, Florida, California, or Iowa? Ah. Uh. I'm going to have to go with Iowa. That's incorrect. It is not Iowa. Scoot, Nebraska, Florida, or California? I feel like this could be a trick question. Of course, Nebraska are the corn huskers. I'm going to go with California. That's a crazy clap you got right there. Congratulations, Scoot. Dixon, California, the cool, pat, the cool patch pumpkin holds the Guinness Book world record for the largest corn maze, which is 60 acres. It's common on a daily basis for people to call 911 for help to get out. I'm just saying that's a big maze, that's all. <laughs> Scoot, I feel I feel like I got sharked a little bit on that opening Yeah, you, you fell for it. You fell for the corn. You went corn heavy on that one. <laughs> I, went, I went corn heavy. And see, you got the steal, so now I'm in the hole. You always complain, but it sets you up. Well, yeah. So Scoot takes the lead 10 to nothing after answering, stealing the first question from Johnson. And the second question is to you, Scoot. What country did Halloween originate from? Is it Germany, Ireland, the United States, or Australia? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I believe Halloween is German, yeah. No, no, it is not. <laughs> yeah, are the pumpkins. 
Is it Halloween? <laughs> Happy Halloween. It is not <laughs> Germany. So Johnson for the steal in ten points. Is it Ireland, United States, or Australia? And I feel like you were more like Finnish there or something. Excuse. I'm gonna have to go <laughs> with Ireland. That's correct. Uh, Halloween originates from a Celtic festival celebrating the new year, which is traditionally on November 1st. How you like them pumpkins, Scoot? I stole it right back. Hmm. There you go. Tied up now, boys. 10 to 10. And Johnson, we're back to you with the next question. How heavy is the largest pumpkin ever recorded on record? Oh, wow. Is it 837 pounds? 2,624 pounds, 6,213 pounds, or 1,220 pounds. So, I what, a ton is like 2,000 pounds? So you're trying to sell me on a three-ton pumpkin? I'm, I'm going to go 12, 1,200 pounds. That's incorrect. It is not 1,220 pounds. Scoot, 837 2624 or 6213. Interesting enough, you're never going to believe this. So, my father in law is a giant Atlantic pumpkin grower. <laughs> what? And at one time had the state champion, the West Virginia state champion, giant pumpkin. Okay. So, I know a little bit about the pumpkin world. And uh, to the point where, Guido, you knew this. He uh, has auctioned and been a part of auctions for seeds. Like, he's spending $50, $100 on a pumpkin seed for the hopes of growing the state record. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh, real. Wow. Uh, okay. I believe the record would be the 2600 pumpkin. That's correct. 2,624 pounds was grown by a man in Belgium, not in Wetzel County, uh, to to hold the Guinness Book of World Records. Why well, didn't know Scoot had a mole in the business yeah. that like, yeah, he I could didn't, reference? I know some secrets. I, I know some growing secrets of the pumpkins. Scoot takes the lead 20 to 10 over Johnson. And uh, this question is actually back to you, Scoot, in the lead. <laughs> All right, Scoot. <laughs> What day in the fall is National Deviled Egg Day? Is it October 13th, November 2nd, November 28th, or December 1st? I've got to believe deviled egg is probably something like an October 13th. Sorry, that's incorrect. It is not October 13th. Johnson, November 2nd, November 28th. Or December 1st? Well, the only time I ever have the opportunity to eat deviled eggs is around Thanksgiving, so I'm going to go November 28th. Sorry, that's incorrect. It's actually November 2nd. Why? I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. No idea. Why? It's a random day. Close to election day? Do you eat lots of deviled eggs on election day? I needed a steal, deviled eggs. Do you? So, Scoot, do you like a deviled egg? I, I don't mind a deviled egg. I'm not one of those guys that puts the, what is it, paprika you put on a deviled egg or something? What's that red spicy looking stuff? Yeah, paprika. But paprika has like no flavor. Yeah, oh, I don't that, that. Why Paprika's would you have like, a problem with paprika? It looks spicy. It's just red. It's just to add it's a just, little color. Yeah. I don't, I'm not into that. I don't like, I don't like when people jazz it with like the, the relishy stuff, like the pickled up stuff. I don't like that, but I'm, I'm not, I'm pro paprika. I mean, I'm okay with that. I, I'll do a straight deviled egg though. I'll do a straight, you know, egg white with the yellow jazz in the middle. Okay. That's interesting. I like a good deviled egg. I mean, I'm not going to go, like, I've never ordered one. Do you order that at a restaurant? No, I think that's like your aunt or your your grandma has to bring it. It's like a throw-in. Yeah, that's a homemade type thing. Yeah. You're not ordering that at 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 a restaurant. Are they on people's menus? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I bet you if you go to New York City, I bet you there's a deviled egg restaurant in New York City. I don't know. That would be weird. All right. Scoot still has the lead 20 to 10. Johnson, this question is back to you. Hopefully you can get a little bit of ground back here. A University of Chicago study found that people born during the fall have the highest chance of what? Is it A, graduating from college, B, being lactose intolerant, Mm. C, living to 100 years old, or D, 
being a cigarette smoker. Huh. This is not helping me even with this <laughs> delay to think of what my guess might be. I'm going to say they have related it somehow to smoking. That's incorrect. Scoot. For 10 points and the steal to separate yourself a little bit more, what do you think? Okay, wishful thinking, because I was born in the fall, I'm going to go with uh, living to 100 years old. Yeah, baby! Woo-hoo! That's correct. For 10 points in the steal, that puts you ahead. Or 30 to 10. Looks like you fellas are on borrowed time. Look at this. Look at this, Scoot, with the comeback. So, yeah, Scoot, you're a fall kid, so you think you're living to 100? I'd like to think I am. I thought you were going to go more with lactose intolerant. Well, I, I fit that as well. I think what he did was <laughs> I think he just fit some of the parameters of me. Like he graduated college, check. Lactose intolerant, check. I think he tailored it check. to your profile just to mess with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So Scoot has the lead 30 to 10 over Johnson. And Scoot, this question is actually back to you. The fall, if you didn't know this, is often called the season for lovers. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. What is the biological reason that the fall is termed the season for lovers? Is it that most people start dating in college, therefore meet their mates during first semester fall, that all the colors of the leaves help stimulate the senses of the humans? <laughs> Uh, of the humans. Of, of the yeah, humans. Of the humans. <laughs> the colors uh, stimulate the humans and the hormones. It gets the hormones going of the humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> B, all the colors of the leaves help stimulate the senses of us humans. C, that men and women experience more natural testosterone during the fall months, or D, as it gets colder, humans want to snuggle more and get warm. What do you think, Well, uh, I think there is a biological reason, um, being the humans. I feel that uh, testosterone is prevalent in the fall. That is correct. What is going on here? You don't know the humans like I know the humans. Johnson, uh, I hate to tell you this, but you are down by 25 points going into final bluff. How does this make you feel? Can you can you tie and bluff the fluffs? Have we ever had a tie? Well, we have, and we've had a tiebreaker. And we've had a bluff off or something. We've had yeah, we've had a, we've gone into overtime here. Over bluff. So over Scoot, you're putting on glasses there's no reading portion of final bluff for final bluff and bring it last time i put glasses on i won oh. so i'm doing it as as a symbolic it makes you look very studious yes all right so as always guys johnson you're down by 25 points going into the final bluff you guys always have to come up with buzzers to let me know who can chime in first here scoot what's your buzzer this week <laughs> what was that it's my buzzer. <laughs> That's <your>, okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, Johnson, what's your buzzer? Meep, meep. All right. Johnson's going old school. That's old school Johnson buzzer right there. All right. Here we go. So final bluff, winner take all. Well, no. Johnson can only tie. <laughs> <laughs> so you just really pump this. It's People are on the edge of their seats now. Johnson ties. Scoot wins. Here we go. On average... How many gallons of beer are poured each year at Oktoberfest in Munich, Germany? Is it 800,000, 1.3 million, 2.5 million, or 500,000 gallons? Johnson is in first here. Johnson for the tie. I'm going to go with C. 2.5 million gallons. That's incorrect. It's a lot of brew. Scoot, to Uh, lock it down. Did you say, was B 1.3 million? Is that what B was? That's correct. I'm going with 1.3 million. Congratulations, Scooty. Boom. Is that because you have a family member that participates in Oktoberfest (laughs) brewing activities? uh, I just am very knowledgeable on the fall. Scoot, congrats on the win this week. You beat Johnson this yes. week about fall Trounced trivia. him. 60 to 10. Trounced 60 to 10. Him. I think we all know wow. that uh, somebody's got a new buzzer. The new buzzer's in town. 
and it works. Scoot closes the gap a little bit. Johnson still leads 10 games to seven, but who knows what can happen next week with Scoot. When he gets on a roll, Johnson, he gets on a roll. I mean, he's won one. As long as we keep these things unsports related, if we can go off topic <laughs> as much as possible, I've got a shot. Johnson, do you question uh, when you do these, do you question the fact that when we started the idea of this sports podcast about WVU that we asked Scoot to be on? Well, he seems sometimes to prefer when we talk about anything but, so I don't know. Yeah, right. But that's why we love him. So I guess. I guess. He knows a lot about 80s sitcoms and types of cheeses. And the fall. And apparently the autumn. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, listen, let's take a break. We're going to come back with our new segment that we like to call, I Can't Believe My Ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's got a merch section now, so you can buy T-shirts and other paraphernalia. And the fanny packs are coming back soon, Johnson. Yes, which I own zero of. But if you like that, you feel free to order them. They're, they're going to look cool. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff on our merch website. You own check zero it out. You of can... them because they are back-ordered from you jamming the uh, order form. <laughs> And just going hog wild, ordering the whole, ordering the whole supply. That's why you hey, don't Scoot, have them yet. But hey, hey, Scoot, don't you worry because this week your favorite items getting released, which are going to be got your ears on bucket hats. Oh, I like so, that. Oh, I thought you bucket were going to say are... cheese creator. I we should almost get a cheese hat. A cheese, one of those like, yeah, uh, like uh, Green Bay yes. foam. That makes no sense. I know, whatsoever. but I like cheese. Well, what does okay. make sense is going to gotyourearson.com to see the latest show notes for this show we put all the show notes there links to stuff we talk about and probably even some stuff we didn't get to um you can listen to the latest episode right in the sidebar right from the website and you can find like Guido said the link to the merch so check it out yeah definitely check it out got your ears on dot com all right it's time for our new segment where scooty brings us something random from the internet it's a segment we like to call i can't believe my ears what do you got for us, scoot okay well uh, as we all know it's political season Maybe you guys are familiar yes, with yes. Uh, all the politics going on. And this right. story. It's so much fun. This story pertains to a former president, Richard Nixon. A dead president. Okay. Okay. We're coming up on a 60th anniversary of a memento, a keepsake from Richard Nixon. Now, let me okay. ask you guys this question. Have you ever gone somewhere whether it be a game or somewhere, a concert, something, and you, you came across some sort of keepsake that you have cherished from that event. You mean like when the drummer throws out the drumstick or the guitar pick and you yeah, keep it? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I probably have something. Maybe like a foul ball or something. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm well, thinking of too, yeah. Um, 60 years ago, a man by the name of Steve Jenny in uh, okay. Sullivan, Illinois, happened to hear when he was uh, he was a school aged guy back then. Happened to hear that Richard Nixon was going to be in his hometown. Okay, well, Richard Nixon uh, was eating a sandwich. A uh, okay, and he did not finish the sandwich. And uh, okay. for whatever reason, Steve Jenny decided to grab the leftover sandwich and save it. And he has preserved it for 60 years. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, what's kind of scary about that is he could probably take Richard Nixon's DNA off of it and create another Richard Nixon. He, um, okay. So well, how this- is, okay. Set that scary thought aside for a second, but what, <laughs> like, how's that possible? Scoot? Is it like one of those McDonald's hamburgers that they show after like a year and it still looks like exactly like a McDonald's hamburger at like, all right, so here's a little backstory. So he was 14 at the time, and his Boy yeah. Scout troop was enlisted to help with this speech 
that Richard Nixon, the event that Richard Nixon was speaking at, and they served him a sandwich bef- for lunch okay. before the speech. Uh, he took a couple of bites, said how good it was, and then uh, left, and Jenny grabbed the sandwich, um, and then he took it home and asked his mom to save it, so she put it in a jar and stuck it in a freezer. <laughs> And he said it stayed there until he moved out. And then he put the sandwich in his own freezer once he moved out. Do you, like, every time you move your house, you, you're like, hey, don't forget you to put it the- right back in the freezer. Well, and yeah, can you imagine, like, bringing that home and then someone's like, hey, thanks for saving that sandwich. I didn't grab dinner and that was great. And then someone's like, you ate the Nixon sandwich? And then there's, like, a giant family fight or something. Now, I don't recall this. Maybe you guys do. Yeah. In 1988... This became a story, and Steve Jenny was invited on the Carson show, okay. on the Tonight Show, not the Carson okay. show, on the Tonight yeah. Show, and uh, at the Tonight Show, he was given a half-eaten snack from Johnny Carson and a paper plate from Steve Martin. <laughs> and, and does uh, he still have them? And added those I, to his collection? I don't know if he has those, but he uh, says, what? and I quote, as long as I am living... That sandwich will be stored in my freezer in a container that is labeled "Save, Don't Throw Away." <laughs> <laughs> Here's the question I have, Scoot: Did they talk about what kind of sandwich it was? It was a barbecue pork sandwich. A barbecue, like a pulled pork sandwich. I'm going to assume it was a pulled. Pork. I like a good. It doesn't pulled say pork pulled. Sandwich. I like a good pulled pork sandwich. At the very least, it was a pork sandwich, and it was it was barbecue flavor. Scoot, do you do you eat leftovers? Uh. <sighs> Very rarely. Like, I'm more apt to forget and leave the leftovers on the table at the restaurant after I've asked to keep them than I am to actually eat them after I bring them home. You guys, you you two are so wasteful. I treat my food kind of like I treat electronics, right? Does that make any sense? No. Uh, no. Okay. Everyone wants the new shiny toy. Everyone wants the new electronics. If you've got the old electronics, you feel like you're outdated. You feel like you're less less of a person because you've got the old stuff, not the new stuff. So you always want the new, like, right out of the package. Yeah, I want the new food. I don't want to eat leftovers. Even if they were really good, I don't want to eat them because I feel lesser of a man. Well, I'm not saying I won't. I'm just not a very good leftover person. Like, I'm more apt to find it a week later and go, oh, yeah, I forgot I forgot about that than I am to There are to certain eat things I will eat leftovers of. Pizza is an easy leftover. Like yeah, that's a, right. I mean, that's yeah, a, that's easy. Do you when wait? Let's stop there. Do you when you eat leftover pizza? And so the night you you order the pizza, it comes. It's in the box. Yeah. Are you just putting the box in the fridge? Are you putting the pizza like in Ziploc bags or some sort of container? I've done it both ways. Sometimes okay. if it's if it's like half a pizza, eh, it might stay in the box. If it's a couple of slices, we may take them off the out of the box and put them on a plate and then put uh, like tin foil or aluminum foil or something around them i feel like i feel like you guys just waste waste food i feel like both of you i feel like maybe we only eat what we can eat in a setting but i mean like i have like upstairs in my fridge we had leftover tonight was leftover night we ate leftovers for dinner tonight that depresses me because we had food from all week on all week that that would have never joined you for that dinner we had leftover if it's not fresh spanking food i'm not joining you for leftover night man we're I don't put that on one of our new shirts. I treat my food like my electronics. Treat my- <laughs> quote dash scoot. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm just keeping it real. I'm just. I feel nobody wants your leftover pork chop. Nobody's going to say, you know what? I had a great pork chop the other night. I'm going to dig into that guy tomorrow. <laughs> nobody says oh, that. So you don't take. So what do you take for like? You don't take leftovers for lunch to work. No. Or anything the next day? No. 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 I'd not, say pizza is probably the only one that's consistent at our house too. Say yeah, pizza. Like I feel like you don't macaroni and cheese. I'll eat leftover macaroni and cheese. But it if never you gets go into the lunchroom at break, Scoot, all all your coworkers come into the lunch lunchroom at break. How many of them are are heating up like Tupperware containers of yesterday's leftovers? Uh, I'm sure a lot. I'm sure a lot of them are. But uh, yeah, it's not for me. You know, that's Johnson, not for me. Johnson's on the way to Chick Fil A for lunch. And uh, you're 
eating a granola bar. Yeah, I'm kind of middle ground. I feel like you're pro leftover. Yeah, you're so heavy leftover. I I think Scoot's anti leftover. I'm very pro leftover. Like my lunches every day are generally leftovers from the night. I don't. Oh yeah, I never. Almost every day. Once a week, I'll eat out. You know what? I ate leftovers for dinner tonight. Well, there you go. Wait a minute. What Uh, what did you have? What kind of leftovers was was it? Yeah, I want to know. Baked chicken from last night. Okay. I'm just saying things don't have the same consistent. When you when you bring something in from leftover, it doesn't taste the same. I mean, I don't disagree. There are things that don't taste as well the next. There are certain things that don't take the Do you think Gordon Ramsay eats leftovers? He certainly does not. I bet you Gordon Ramsay does. I'm the eat Gordon leftovers. Ramsay of this podcast. Oh boy. I I bet you Gordon Ramsay eats leftovers. I bet you he does. Why wouldn't you? It's a waste. Especially if it's the food he made. He makes good food. If you're a Got Your Ears On fan, why don't you give us a call, leave us a voicemail as to whether or not you you eat leftovers, and whether or not you think I am the Gordon Ramsay of this podcast, and that <laughs> I have a refined palate and I do not eat leftovers, much like he would not. <laughs> 304-518-GYEO, give us a call, and let's, let, let, let us know what you think of Scoot's palate of eating pizza and... What did chicken, you have for lunch today? Chicken nuggets. Uh, like lunch, dinosaurs. I had a uh, protein bar. And dinner? Uh, I had, <laughs> I don't know if I want to tell you guys this. <laughs> I had uh, baked steak, macaroni and cheese, corn, peas, a hot roll, and did I say mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. I feel like, oh my was this a, gosh. <laughs> where, what buffet did you Was this you a hungry to? man? Like, was this an, with, I, I saw, it sounds like a hungry man, like a microwave dinner hungry man. This is my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law <laughs> is like uh, a phenomenal cook. So I. How many people was she feeding? Uh, just me and my, my, my crew. And her did, did she send you home with leftovers? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't do leftovers. Oh, I'll okay. tell you, I don't do leftovers. All right, folks. Well, give us a call, 304-518-GYEO, and let us know. Guys, it was a tough week. West Virginia is back next week. Don't worry. We play Baylor on Saturday at noon. Guys, thanks for listening. West Virginia is 1-1 one one right now with one loss in the Big 12 Conference. Have a good week, everybody. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.